This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal news show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you ever so much, as always, for joining me and tuning in and making sure you're supporting the channel. It means so much, as always. And uh, it's good to see so many regulars and irregulars I can see in the chat box as well. Uh, Martin, good morning to you, to Blackshine, to Amira, to Paul. Good morning to Dave, Stevie, Francois. Good morning to Olu. We've got Stephen, Steve, Carlton, Rich, Wilson, MJ10, uh, Harrison, Johnny, Morgie, Carl, NSW, and plenty more of you all as well. Hope you're all having a fantastic week so far. It's Ted Lasso Day, of course, which means you can catch up on the next episode. No spoilers, please, for those that, of course, have not been able to, to see any of it yet. Very much looking forward to watching that this evening, and uh, I hopefully will be enjoying it like I did last time. Uh, it's going. I think the season's going very, very well indeed. Uh, let's crack on with today's stories, though, of course. Uh, yesterday, we completed our Arsenal loan watch uh, for the month of, uh, well, March and uh, a little bit into April as well. Joined by a number of guests to talk about the likes of following Balogun, Austin Trusty, Marquinhos, Sambi Laconga, uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey and more. Uh, so make sure if you haven't already gone and watched or listened back to that episode, it is there, the last upload in the live section of the channel. So make sure uh, you, if you haven't, to go and watch it, basically. It's just a bit of a, a plug, if you will. Uh, Manchester City absolutely destroyed uh, Bayern Munich yesterday, which basically means that they will indeed be, it seems, unless there's any chaos in Germany, progressing through to the next round of the competition. Uh, they travel, of course, to the uh, Allianz next week to face Bayern Munich and uh, Arsenal will be hoping that their continuation in the tournament will take some focus away from their Premier League um, priorities. It's it's just difficult to watch Man City play like they did and not think about how good of a team they are and the challenge that Arsenal face and that the challenge that Arsenal have so far staved off 
across the course of this season. Man City have only continually got better throughout the campaign. And despite that fact, Arsenal have still managed to maintain their gap and their uh, their buffer. Of course, if they do win their game in hand, which is away to Brighton, that gap will close back to the three points that it was some time ago. But Arsenal have maintained that gap. And I think that the game last night, if anything, highlighted just the challenge and the ability of the team that Arsenal have managed to stave off in the uh, the course of this season. Now, Arsenal's home care has supposedly now been indeed finalised. What you see on the screen here is supposedly what we will be getting and what the Arsenal team will be wearing next season. The uh, red torso with the lightning bolt effect down the middle, a uh, very thin lightning bolt straight-lined effect down the middle with the gold. Adidas stripes on the shoulder pads with the gold Adidas logo and Arsenal badge with the white Fly Emirates logo. No collar, which is certainly uh, a big boost to myself. Not a fan of collared kits uh, other than the really old retro ones. But uh, certainly this kit uh, is, for me, a lot better than the home kit for this season. A significant step up and hopefully one that will have a gold Premier League trophy winner patch on the side as well. Now, unfortunately, some rather frustrating news. Um, Chelsea's uh, game against us at the Emirates, which was set to take place on April 29th, has been moved to the Tuesday evening of May 2nd, which will now kick off at 8pm. it's a frustration for a lot of fans. I know a fair few people who already booked flights and hotels for that weekend to be able to go to this game and will either have to rebook or even miss the game entirely. The reason behind this has been a, a request by the Met Police uh, in order to uh, effectively have this game uh, on but have the relevant number of policing because of the coronation practicing going on ahead of the coronation the following weekend. There are some positives Um regarding Arsenal's recovery. Of course, Arsenal were scheduled to play Manchester City on the 26th and still are. We will travel to Manchester City on that Wednesday. We will now have an extra couple of days to prepare for the game against Chelsea. However, Chelsea also will have uh, their days to prepare and extra recovery days too. But we have then less days to recover from the Chelsea game before we then travel up to St. James's Park the following weekend to play Newcastle. So it does spread out uh, the games more evenly and there are recovery benefits, I think, from these changes. Um, But at the same time, from a logistics and social point of view, there are obviously some damaging um, frustrations for fans that had made travel arrangements, especially those traveling from abroad. So if that is you, I recommend uh, certainly checking through, uh, extending your trip if you can and uh, changing things as best you can, but read through all of the information that you, of course, do have. Now, Eddie Nketiah is returning to training. He trained yesterday in what is obviously a big, big boost to Arsenal. The uh, striker had been out for a significant period of time due to a foot-slash-ankle injury that he suffered in the game against Everton. He limped off at the end of that match, even though he completed the fixture. But he has now returned uh, in the recovery open training session that was attended by a number of the broadcast companies yesterday. However, unfortunately, there was no William Saliba. However, he was still uh, described as being close to a return, but the Arsenal are said to be still being very careful and that they are not going to rush him back into action. And there is hope that maybe he'll be able to recover and string a few performances and a few games together rather than rushing him back for, say, the Anfield game last weekend and then not being able to play for the foreseeable. The hope is going to be, obviously, that they try and rest him up, get him recovered and ready for that game against Manchester City. That's going to be what the hope is 
going into that game on the 26th of April, so two weeks from today. Now, Ben White and Alexander Zinchenko also did not take part in the open training session, but it was described uh, to media in attendance that they were taking part in inside uh, gym sessions, and that's why they were not part of the main group in the outside section. But uh, hopefully that's nothing to worry about. It's just a recovery thing today, or yeah, rather yesterday was uh, designated as a recovery session for the players. Now, moving on to a couple of transfer stories before we get into part two. Uh, you can probably cross off Julian Brandt from your wish list in the summer because the German international has signed a brand new contract with Borussia Dortmund through until 2026. Arsenal have been linked with the player and said to be interested in signing him in the summer after some fantastic form and establishing himself into the Bundesliga side. However, he has now committed his future to the German sides and uh, a move to Arsenal in the summer then becomes extremely unlikely. And finally, our main headline story of the day, Ben Jacobs, CBS Sports, reporting that Arsenal are indeed amongst other top uh, Premier League clubs that are all interested in trying to chase Alexis McAllister, the Argentinian and World Cup winner, uh, has had a fantastic season, as we know, for Brighton. I still have my reservations, as I've described to you before, about this player and about Arsenal moving for him. I think there are potentially better options than him, but I know he is very well liked amongst uh, Arsenal supporters and a player that I know a lot of Arsenal supporters would be very open to seeing join Arsenal in the summer. That midfield is going to be very intriguing as to how Arsenal deal with it, cope with it, and what approach they go for, be it Declan Rice, be it uh, a Moises Caicedo type player, even attacking midfielders we've been linked to as well. Now, what was interesting also is that Jude Bellingham uh, was in the news yesterday, uh, Liverpool calling their interest on the player. Even Manchester City were said to have doubts about whether or not they could pull off the deal. And supposedly Real Madrid have even set themselves a price tag maximum of around €100 million Euros regarding Jude Bellingham. I'm not saying that Arsenal can get involved or would even think about getting involved. All I'm saying is that's still the story to obviously watch across the summer. And I'm hoping for a big surprise or a shock uh, in that field, but I'm not expectant of it. Okay, let's go to part two then and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, let's jump into the chat box then. Uh, Marcus says, we hate Baku, as in the place where we played the Europa League final that we lost. Um, but any rumours on the right back, Rydal Baku from Wolfsburg? Uh, we saw, I saw that we were linked with him yesterday. Um, 
I've heard nothing of the player, but I think that if we are going to be looking at trying to bring in a different style of right-sided fullback, Rydal Baku is a good option. However, he is certainly much more of an attacking-focused player, does love getting up the right-hand side, but has played in central midfield, used to play there for Mainz when he was developing in Germany. So I can see why the profile fits what Mikel Arteta looks for in the varied style of his inverted fullback. So maybe one to watch, but Marcus, I've not personally seen anything yet to indicate that I'd be putting it on our show, but if that did does change, you can be sure that we'll be talking about Ryder Baku in the coming weeks and months ahead of the summer transfer window. Um, Martin says, Tom, it's incorrect to say that City's current game in hand is bright and away. It's West Ham at home after the Cup semi-final weekend. It will be two games in hand and the second of which will be Brighton. It's fair point. Uh, the West Ham game is indeed one that they will still have to play. Uh, I just keep saying the Brighton one because it makes me feel more comfortable about the fact they've got a tough <laughs> fixture uh, that's still yet to be uh, determined when that game will indeed be played. Uh, Amira says, if Eddie's fit, does he make the bench versus West Ham? Do we drop raw waters but weaken ourselves defensively? Drop another attacker. Reminds me of when Mikel Arteta almost dropped Nelson against Bournemouth. Um, I think, Amira, the answer is probably yes. Um, we do end up dropping raw waters. Uh, I think that ultimately those players are just there on the bench to kind of make up the numbers, it seems, under Arteta. Very rarely, if ever, do we see those youth players get a chance. The only players we've ever seen get a chance is Charlie Patino when he's come off the bench or played in the FA Cup game. And then, of course, we had uh, Ethan Ranieri earlier this season get a chance against Brentford. But it was a very, very kind of... An, it was an anomaly of a sub. Um, so I think you probably have Kivior and Tierney as your defensive options to be on the bench. And then you bring Eddie Nketiah in as a potential another attacking option, especially considering we're going to West Ham United. You know, you, I think you'd want more attacking options from the bench rather than another youth defensive option. But I could be wrong. It's a really good question to ask, though. But I do think that Eddie Nketiah probably comes in for Raul Walters in that uh, instance. Uh, Neil says, McAllister, Rice, Gravenberch would be great in the summer. Also move Elneny, Xhaka and Lokonga. Well, Elneny signed a brand new contract, Neil, so he's going nowhere. Xhaka, I'm surprised you want to see him moved on by upon the performances we've seen from him this season. He will be signing a brand new contract, as far as I'm aware. And Lukonga, I imagine, will probably be moved on. McAllister, Rice and Gravenberch are asking a lot. I don't think we're signing three midfielders. I think Maximum will be signing two. Uh, how and where those two midfielders fit into the team, of course, is, is the question mark about the profiles. Uh, Reese says, Tom, don't you think that it's mad most fans would rather see us crumble than beat Man City to the Premier League? No, not really, Reese. Um, a, Arsenal aren't very liked. B, uh, there's concerns that if Arsenal were to win the league, it would help establish them at the top of league making uh, the Premier League more competitive and trickier to win for those other teams. And three, um, Man City, if they were to win the league, it doesn't mean that much to supporters. Um, like, it's a nice neutral, um, but it's like, I don't really care if Man City win the league and we're not in the title race. I'd rather Man City won than Liverpool. I'd rather Man City won um, than Man United or Chelsea or Spurs. You know, they're just a bit of a neutral side for me because they don't have any... I've never got into a debate with a Man City fan. So, no, Reese, I don't think it's it's uh, surprising at all, to be honest. Uh, Lee says, are we shooting ourselves in the foot by thinking of selling Balogun when potentially he could save us 70 million in the transfer market? I don't think he saves us 70 million in the transfer market. I don't think Arsenal are going to be going out and signing a 70 million pound striker. However, what he could do is end up getting us a lot of money, which we can then use to reimburse uh, the coffers for a move for a midfielder that we do certainly need. I just don't think people are taking into account that Balogun wants to start every single game next season. His 
his rhetoric, his ambition is to be the starting striker or whatever club he's at next season. And it seems from what we're hearing from David Ornstein that he's not interested in being a backup or even a number two. And if he comes back to Arsenal, he is going to be that. He's not going to be Arsenal's starting striker. So for all those that would say, let's get rid of Nketiah and keep Balogun, I'm sorry, but the theory doesn't work because Balogun wants to start next season. He has two years left on his contract. You're not going to get more money than you'll be able to get for him this season unless by some miracle you extended his contract, which I just don't see happening. If we, do, if we do get a very good offer, and there was indications from the media yesterday that Arsenal would be looking for a figure upwards of €40 million, Euros, so like I said, between 35 and £40 million pounds, um, to try and get a good deal for Balogun in the summer when we maximise any potential value of a sale um, then. And I just I think that's probably the way forwards. But yeah, the, the idea that you would sell in Katia, keep Balogun, it's just not feasible because Balogun's... Um, his purpose is to start every game for whatever club he's at next season, as we hear. Uh, Answer says, curious, Tom, apart from Declan and Jude, which midfielders do you consider better than McAllister? I'd rather sign Moises Caicedo, personally, than McAllister. Um, in terms of if we're going for a midfielder, I know they're different roles in terms of the player, where they play in the team, but if you offered me the chance of either signing Caicedo or McAllister, I'd rather sign Caicedo. Um, so Bellingham, Rice, Caicedo are ahead of McAllister for me in terms of the players that I'd be looking to try and get in the summer. Again, people kind of misinterpret my view of McAllister. I think that people rate him higher than certain other players like a Declan Rice that I'd rather see come in. Again, yes, they're different players. But I think people say that they'd rather sign McAllister than Rice. I just don't get on that bandwagon. The same as I don't get on the bandwagon of saying that I'd rather sign McAllister than Caicedo. I think I'd rather Caicedo than him. So that's where my head's at with that one. Uh, Noel says, morning question. If we put all our eggs in one basket and got Bellingham for 100 to 120 million without signing anyone else, would that be a good or bad thing? I mean, it's both, isn't it? It's good that we sign one of the best players on the planet for the next 10 years. But it's not good because we need to reinforce a lot of other areas that I think ultimately would have a more damaging impact. Yes, we'd improve the midfield, sure. But still, there's a question mark around right back, right centre back, potentially left back if one leaves and the forward line too, even if we don't bring someone in. And then another midfield position like that we can back up Thomas Parter with because Jude Bellingham's not a six. So you have to consider that fact as well. So I think if you sign Bellingham, you do it in the proviso that you have to be able to sign other players in the team as well. And that's very, very difficult to do because of how much he's going to cost. Um, let's go to uh, Billy says, if we sell Balogun, we need to put a buyback clause. He's still 21, like what Chelsea did with Tammy Abraham. I agree, Billy. That's what I would be doing. Even if it brings the price down to, say, £30 million, I would be inserting a buyback clause into his contract. SJ Gunnar says, did you like Podolsky at Arsenal? I mean, I like Podolsky as a player, um, and I like some of the things that he did. What I would say is that I think he was kind of a one-season uh, kind of player. Yes, I know he did things the seasons after, but never really managed to establish himself. But I liked some of the things that he did. I like Podolsky as a player. Um, so I'd say yes, but obviously we still need to move on to a better player, and I don't think we did that quickly enough. Uh, if you remember, we brought in Podolsky, Giroud, and Santi in the summer, kind of being the replacements overall for Van Persie. It was a little bit like Villa when they replaced Jack Grealish with... Uh, I think it was Bailey, Ings, and there was one other, uh, Buendia uh, was the player, wasn't it? So you're kind of replacing one player with three to upgrade 
overall rather and when you lose a significant position in one other area as well um i loved his passion for the north london derby as well he really took on arsenal you know that's i think he's got a tattoo of cologne and he's got a tattoo of, of arsenal as well he really did take on the arsenal identity when he was at the club um let's go to uh Nikhil says hey tom tactically how the hell do we uh can we beat the ake diaz stones uh brick wall it's scary yeah look they're doing very well defensively um but what i would say is that we are very good still going forwards and that we can unlock a lot of defenses we've already got a goal against man city of course this season we did that by getting in behind and winning that penalty so and we should have scored other goals as well that we created some really good chances last season's home game against man city as well should encourage you with the way in which we played in that fixture and that was well ahead of the development that we see our team at now there's loads that we can still do, and I think we've got lots of attacking quality to break through that stubborn Man City defence. Um, let's go to Carl says, Tom, have you seen the FXVC problem? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, so you'll have to enlighten me, Carl. So no, I've not seen that. Um, Matt G, yeah, Tom acting like you forgot Buendia's name. We all remember that video, buddy. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I don't know what you're talking about, fella. Um, Malali says, how would you feel if we go head-to-head -head, uh, with City over the next five years but ultimately win nothing? It's kind of soul-destroying being up against this behemoth of a club. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's impossible to be able to answer the question because we don't know what's going to happen. But that is what you have to do. You have to go head-to-head -head with Man City if you want to be title challengers every season. I think you should enjoy it. You know, yes, it's nerve-wracking. Yes, it's painful. But I get so sick to death with the pessimists in this Arsenal fan base. I'll be jumping onto Dan's channel. I'll be jumping on the lounge. I'll be jumping on Sophie's channel. I'll be doing the Arsenal way. Or I'll be doing it here. And the amount of times I see people leaving comments saying Arsenal won't win the league from Arsenal fans. It's so sad. Like It's so incredibly sad that you would jump onto any channel and just type out, we're not winning the league. I get the sense of maybe your reverse psychology, like you don't want to believe it, like that type of thing. When is the last time that we've ever been in a title race? You know, we're talking about the late noughties uh, when we had that single season where we kind of blew it with, and you know, Eduardo's injury really cost us as well. Um, and then obviously you're having to go back to the Invincibles period and obviously the late 90s period and the George Graham periods, you know, and some fans have never even been alive to witness a title race. And yet so many people are just so pessimistic about this and they're not enjoying it. You've got to enjoy this. You've got to enjoy the fact that we're in a title race. You've got to give it to rival fans. You've got to stick up for your club. You've got to really just get, you know, knee deep in this title race because it is without a shadow of a doubt an absolute joy to be involved in it and i am loving every second of it i'm loving the nerves i'm loving the anxiety i'm loving the joyous moments the relief when we win those games the drama of it all i'm loving it all but if you're going into comment sections and leaving things like we're not going to win the league or city are going to win every single game blah 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 I just, I'm just so bored of that. I'm so bored of pessimism. Like I really am. Just enjoy it. Like, it's, it's a great, it's a great season, and I think we should enjoy it. 
Um, let's go to uh, Nikhil says, Tom, have you seen our bench cam? All the Liverpool players appreciated Ramsdale's saves. Their reactions are priceless. Uh, no, I haven't yet. I will definitely check that one out. Uh, Mashego says, do you think the 50 and one rule of ownership is decreasing the quality of Bundesliga teams in the Champions League? Ultimately, the Premier League being filled with money and cash and with state-backed clubs like Manchester City, etc. It's going to be very difficult for teams on the continent other than the likes of Real Madrid, maybe Barca if they were to sort out their finances in the future to ever compete. Their reputations is ultimately sometimes what gets them the players that the Premier League clubs then can't get hold of. Um, and that's why a club like Real Madrid is still very competitive at the top, top level. And then you've got to rely on just smart, smart recruitment, smart coaching, smart team building, like you see at Milan, like you see at Napoli, you know, even Benfica, you know, have done really well to produce some brilliant young players and still make some really good signings and maximise players like Joao Mario and players like that. So it's it's a combination of things, but ultimately I don't think you can put it on any one thing other than Premier League money being the difference maker between those teams and the continent. That said, I'm highly expecting Real Madrid to batter Chelsea tonight. So I suppose that kind of goes against it. But at the same time, smart decision-making always has to come into things. I'd much rather have a smart um, owner that spends money uh, with, obviously, the people at the club that are working with them to sign the right players than, obviously, what Chelsea have got. I wouldn't swap owners with Chelsea. You know, it's ludicrous what they're doing. The lack of footballing knowledge, the lack of business knowledge to delegate to people that are going to make the right decisions is crazy, is what's going on there. So, yeah, it's it's mad. Uh, Samuel says, Tom, how much should we pay for Kaiselo given how unique he is? We won't have to panic without Pasta. I think we overpaid with the 70 million bid we put in. You know, I wouldn't be paying more than 50, 60 million quid, and that probably won't get him. But I don't think I'd be paying any more than that. Uh, Nav says there's a lot of pessimists in the fan base I don't understand this whole notion of we're bottling it or we have bottled it uh, it doesn't I don't agree with that and uh, a lot of fans are saying stuff like that yeah it's just is what it is like, you're never going to please everybody nobody's going to always be in the same corner as you in regards to your opinion I'm just glad that me and a lot of you guys are not in that boat you know I'm glad that we've gone through this season as a community absolutely buzzing off our nut about it like it's been great I've loved this season I've loved enjoying it I've loved backing the team I've loved um giving it to rival fans I've loved not getting frustrated with the defeats or the drop points and looking at the next game and thinking what can we do in the next one to turn this around I've loved the responses the drama of the late wins the uh, players coming into the team when they've needed to like Fabio Vieira or Rob Holding uh Reese Nelson uh Eddie Nketiah you know, it's been a drama-filled season, but it has been one that I have absolutely adored. And I hope it ends in the perfect way. And until it does, or until it doesn't, uh, I'm certainly going to be back in this team and being as positive and optimistic as possible about things. Um, only Gunas says, next season will be tough. Add Champions League, Chelsea, Liverpool, potentially having no European football could be a long year. Uh, this comment gets put in every single season. Every single season I've done this show, and we've been doing this show now, what, this is episode... 293 you know and we do the transfer show as well which is another 300 shows so we've been nearly doing the 8am show for two years and obviously i've been doing the channel since 2016 every single year there is a comment that's like will chelsea be better this next season man you're not going to be better next season people were saying that liverpool were going to be better this season and chelsea are going to be better this season with a new owner and loads of money in reality football don't work like that there's no guarantees in football at all other than maybe man city being as good as they are and that's only because the amount of money they spent and how smart they are with their team building and with the coach that they've got they've got all of the the factors sorted and every season's tough every season is tough 
So if your viewpoint of going in, well, next season is going to be really hard. You know, we have to win the league this year because, you know, the opportunities. Every season we think every team's going to be stronger because everyone looks to add, everyone looks to bring in players, everyone has another year of their manager until they don't, until they aren't good again, until they do make mistakes, until they do drop form, until they do uh, sack their manager, you know. So I have nothing much to kind of add on top of the idea that teams are going to be better because every single year we say this. We were saying it last... I mean, last season we were saying, oh, this could have been the best opportunity to get into the Champions League. And now look at us this season. You know, last season we were saying, well, you know, next season there's going to be Newcastle. Next season there's going to be Chelsea and Liverpool and Man United with Eric Ten Hag coming in. How are we going to get into the Champions League? Well, look where we are as a club. You know, so stop being pessimistic and focusing on what everyone else is doing because we're doing bloody all right ourselves. Um, let's go to um, Francois says, hey, Tom, what did you what did you do with Lynn? Where's Lynn? I'm not seeing Lynn this morning. Hopefully Lynn's all right. Um, you know, these are still early morning shows. Not everyone can always get up every single day for them. We miss Lynn. We hope you're good. Hope you return for the next one. Uh, Mohammed says, we are proud that we are competing with this complete Man City sides and we hope to add the quality additions next summer to be as close as we can to their level and depth. Let's trust our team. Uh, Neil says, if we are to emulate uh, or better what City have done in the last five years, then we must fix our midfield in the summer. We need a big step up in quality and a squad to cope with the demands of the Champions League. Step up in quality. This word step up in quality of the midfield. We have Partey, who is arguably the best number six in the league. We have Granit Xhaka, who's arguably been one of, if not the best, left-sided eight in the league. And we have Erdegaard, who has been one of, if not the best, attacking eight in the league this season as well. And the idea that we have to step up the quality. like There's always kind of this undertone of bashing Xhaka with this. That's what I sense when I hear this. It's the underestimation of Xhaka. We had a comment earlier on in the show saying we should sell Xhaka this summer. We don't need to sell Xhaka. Xhaka's been great. You know, and yes, I was frustrated with his response to Trent Alexander-Arnold against Liverpool, but I'm not holding that against him. I saw one of the silliest tweets. I think it was the secret scout that put it out, who, by the way, are really good behind the scenes with their knowledge of youth football. They've got some great connections and they put out some great knowledge. But the tweet that they put out regarding the picture of his Crystal Palace incident uh, in 2019 and the image of him going head-to-head with Trent yesterday, and acting as if these two moments define that player. BS. Absolute BS. And what a silly tweet to put out in this moment in time. Xhaka will be defined by this season for me because he has come full circle. He has come and completely turned around his reputation at the club. He's scoring for fun. He's absolutely integral to the way that we play. And when he's not in the team, we're not as good. And we've felt that this season when he's not been in the team in those Europa League games. We've not looked as fluid when he's not played. He has been absolutely massive for us. So I will not have this idea that he's not good enough or that Arsenal need to move on from Xhaka. I want to see Arsenal strengthen the midfield. I want to see us bring in Rice. I want to see us bring in a Caicedo and bring in competition for Xhaka. Because one day, Xhaka will need to be moved on. But based on this season, if you're in the mindset of after this season going, Xhaka needs to still be moved on, or we need to do better than him. You know, good luck getting better than him, by the way, this season. Because there are very few midfielders, if many at all, that would be able to do a better job than Xhaka's done in that position this season. You know, I'm not saying we don't need to strengthen. I want us to strengthen. But I always get this undertone still that people are still on Xhaka's back. You know, (laughs) I I challenge you to try and talk to him to his face about comments. You know, I've been in a room with Xhaka several times and, 
You know, he, he backs himself. I've never, I arguably never seen a more self-confident guy than Xhaka. Um, and, you know, I think he's overcome so many barriers and obstacles and mental challenges to do, to be where he is. And we need that type of mentality. And I don't think we are title challengers this season without him and what he brings on and off the field. So I think he deserves a bit more respect. Not that you were disrespecting him with that comment, just, you know, just from the wider, more general side of things, I think he deserves more respect. Um, Marcus says, Xhaka indeed great this season, especially as he had to cover Zinchenko. Again, it's a great point. Zinchenko's absence in the left-back role when he does what he does, which is brilliant, and we wouldn't be where we are without Zinchenko's style. But Xhaka and Gabriel have got to do another job on top of their usual jobs. And Jack is arguably playing like three roles, left day, attacking left day and left back at times, you know, again, certainly improves on what we've, uh, we've seen. Um, Trevor says, Tom, what you say year in, year out, you will still not get through to some. Yeah, I know. I know, mate. I'm never always, I'm never going to break through to everyone, but I'm never, ever going to stop trying. I'm never, ever going to stop saying what I feel is my truth <laughs> i hate those types of words i won't stop speaking my truth um but uh I, I i won't i will continue to say what i think and i will continue to say how i feel and i will not sugarcoat it um some people like to suggest that being optimistic is you know not quote saying it how it is i think it is because it's my opinion it's what i think it's how i defend the team you know, it's how I, I will be critical. And I was critical of the game at the weekend. I felt as though Mikel Arteta mismanaged. Some people might say that's harsh, but I think he mismanaged the second half. I think the subs weren't good enough. And I did, uh, our editor of our shorts put out that little short that we did yesterday, which I encourage you to watch. We kind of sums up how I feel about the substitutions against Liverpool. But that doesn't mean that Arteta has still not been bloody brilliant for this season, you know. So... It's really important that we talk about things and we open up about what I think is right. And I think that people aren't giving us still enough credit. And I think people are being too pessimistic. And I think some people are being too overcritical in some senses. So uh, we'll continue to say it. We'll continue to say it. Um, let's uh, let's round things off there. I think that's probably a strong place to finish. Um, thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, hoping to have a 6 p.m. show for you today. Um I'm hoping to have an evening show for every single day for the rest of this uh, week, uh, weekdays. So today I'm hoping to chat uh, with someone at six. Tomorrow I'm going to do the preview show. So members look out for that. And then on Friday, hoping to have DG Duluduguna, who I know you you guys are a big, big fan of and who's very kind to have me on his channel. Uh, DG hopefully will be here on uh, Friday at 6pm for a chat about the Arsenal as well. Uh, and then, of course, it's the weekend. But we'll have 8am shows throughout the week continuing. So do make sure to set your alarms. Make sure to continue joining us. Make sure to keep pressing that like button um, and supporting the channel as well. Also, for those listening on audio platforms, I had a message yesterday from someone saying that for some reason the upload has been like cutting out a small section of the audio. Can you can someone message me just to check if that is the case? Uh, obviously, I, I don't listen back to the full show. Sometimes I listen back to little parts when people tell me to. Um, but uh, could you just let me know if that is indeed the case and there has been any issues with the, the flow of the shows on Spotify, iTunes, on the audio side of things? I know YouTube's fine, but obviously I have to edit the uh, the audio section. So do let me know if that is indeed the case and you can corroborate 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 these claims um thank you so much for listening it's been an absolute pleasure i will see you speak to you tomorrow morning and of course on the arsenal way a little bit later on and this evening fingers crossed as well 6 p.m uk time have a great day and as always up the arsenal 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.